0: Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at legacyfamily.tv. Name of this series is Running with Giants. The giants of faith. Amen. The people that have gone before us. When you say, Well, I can't do it, yes, you can. There are people that have done it before, and you can do it too. God is no respecter of persons. What God does respect is F-A-I-T-H, faith. Somebody said, why you teach faith all the time? Because the just shall live by faith, and we overcome by faith. We need faith. Guess what? You have faith. God has given every man the measure of faith. You all have faith. Now, my biceps aren't that big, but if I get on some weights and I've been thinking about it, they'll get bigger. No, they ain't going that far. (laughs) But you know what? I have to develop my muscles. I have to develop them. you got to develop faith. Oh, Lord, I'm I'm just waiting on you, Lord, to do something. No, he empowered you to do something. Look at all these giants we're going to talk. You know, we're talking about the giants. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter of giants. And it talks about all of them that have come before us, and we get to stand on their shoulders. We don't have to start over. Abraham, we're talking about Abraham today. Abraham was the first one. He had to tra- tread it out. That's right. But because he treads it, he taught us how. You know, uh, as a boy, my dad taught me how to change the oil, taught me how to mow, taught me how to do this. I didn't have to figure out how to crank that lawnmower. He, he, showed, me, he showed me how to do it. That's right. And my mom taught me how to drive because my dad was at work. And, you know, and, and I, you know, as a teenager, you're a little mouthy. And my mom said, I can stop this car if I want to. She's in the passenger seat, jumps in my lap, and we're screeching to screech into a halt. You know, you can get mouthy, my mom. She puts you on the ground. I was about 16. I was a little bit ahead head taller than her, and we was washing dishes, and I mouthed off. And then the next thing I knew, I was looking up from the floor. I said, oh, mom, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know what? Some of us need to put our kids on the floor sometimes, too, and tell them, you know, I'm the boss still. But anyway, Abraham went before us. Let's, let's dig in. I'm going to try to hold on to this so I don't go too long today because I got a lot to say. And Maybe you say, well, I know about faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Yeah. I like steak. And Just because I had it last night don't mean I won't eat it today. Amen. Huh? I worked with a boss, and, and, and somebody said, well, we're going out to eat at 6. And, and the other one said, well, wonder where we're going to get a steak at. Because the boss always wanted a steak, never got tired of steak. You shouldn't get tired of faith or the Word of God, because the Word of God would would draw you into faith. So let's let's dig. I already quoted the just live by faith in in Hebrews ten thirty eight. That's not in your notes if you want to jot that down. But um, these men and women of old they gained a good report. That means God's taking notes. Hebrews eleven three that these men and women of old had a good report with God. That means God's taking notes about how you live. And it's never too late to start living by faith. It's never too late that God can raise you up, take you to a higher level. And when you enter into heaven, He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not because you can hit a golf ball, not because you can whatever. It's because you live by faith. Amen? Okay, y'all getting quiet on me. The Bible is full of these giants, but you're one too. There's a giant on the inside of you waiting to get out, waiting to run with God. So Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all these people that have died in faith, they're our witnesses. They're saying, go get them, go get them, go get them. They're sitting in the stands. No, that's my baby down there, my great-grandma saying. Talking about you too. These great the, uh, cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for who for the joy uh, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, see, this is chapter 12, right after chapter 11 of the faith chapter, talking about all these witnesses. Let us run our race with endurance. That means no quit. No quit. You can slow down, but there's no time to quit. Listen, I did a sermon series, too, about giants that are evil. I want to just address one. You know, it was three weeks ago I talked about fear, anxiety, and worry. It's just increments. Worry, then it's anxiety, panic attack, and then fear just shuts you down. Well, you know what? Depression makes you want to quit. Depression will come on you and just uh, quit. And then you end up, people kill themselves. They go to the next level. Or they just quit in life. They can't get out of bed because they're depression. It's a spirit, and it's serious. But God, by his faith, has given us the Holy Spirit. God released the Holy Spirit to us to live with God on the inside of us, to overcome depression, fear, worry, and all these giants, and to be a giant of faith. Just want to hit that just for a second. So as we dig into Abraham, if you ever study Abraham, start in Genesis 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I challenge you to read it. It's a great story. And he walked by faith. And God promised him a son. We know that in his old age. But here's, here's, here's something he endured. It took him 20 years. Now, he wasn't born again. You're born again. It don't have to take 20 years. I'm trying to help you now. You can use your faith and receive. It don't take 20 years. But he, he lived in the land of Ur of the Chaldees. You ever, you ever heard anything about Ur? You know, it's kind of like, you know, Bland or it's down there in North Carolina. No, Ur. Did you know they had running water in that city? You know, we think we we got it made. We have a combustible engine. That's the only thing they didn't have. We had gasoline powered and airplanes and cars, but they had water running. They excavated that city, and they had running water. You didn't have to go down to the creek. Just throwing that in there. And so he, he was led by God to leave and go where God told him to. So in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, God promised him some stuff. And I want to read this. Now the Lord said to Abram, and I'm calling him Abraham because that's what God changed his name to. Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. He has no kids. I will bless you. And I will make your name great. That's why we preach to him today, because he's great. And you shall be a blessing. Isn't that good? And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. That's why we bless Israel. That's his descendants. But guess what? I'm a descendant of Abraham. I'll bless those who bless you. and in, And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay, are you a family in the earth? Yes. So you want to be blessed. That's why we study in Abraham. Amen? So number one, Abraham's known as the father of faith. He is the first one to believe God, trust God, adhere to God, stick to God, walk with God in every area of his life. Does that mean he never doubted? Eh, No, he doubted. You can read the story. He doubted. Doubt and unbelief's always there. You got to put your foot on it. You know, this series, uh, we're going to go through it. Let let me just go ahead and give you a a jump start. What is the purpose of this? The purpose of this is to destroy the works of the devil in your life and in the earth. When your faith increases so much that you're blessed, you can go after somebody, the curse on somebody else. Hey, hey, hey. If you read the story of Abraham... There were some things God had him to believe, and there were some things that he had to do that had nothing to do with him, and God blessed it. What are you talking about? Well, they kidnapped the whole city and took his nephew. And he said, oh, no, that's my nephew. I'm standing in the gap for him. And he gathered up 300-something people, and with his faith, 300 went after thousands and divided and conquered, brought everybody back. Brought everything back. You can't do that without God. That's what we're talking about, doing the impossible by faith. This is, what, this is what it's about. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm sick and tired of it. We got to bow up. You know, you can get pushed and slap and pushed and slap. It's time, you know, you get cornered, it's time to bow up. And God will empower you to bow up against the devil. But you know what? Most of us say, well, I don't even talk about the devil. Pastor. He just beat me up. No, it's time to rise up. Okay. And it doesn't matter if you're a man, woman. It don't matter how old you are, how frail you are in the physical. It's your spirit's what we're talking about. Because I've met some frail people who are powerful in the spirit. Amen? So in uh, so Romans 4, 16, and at the last part of it, for Abraham is the father of us all. He's not our racial father that's reading the story backward. He's our faith father. Listen to me. It's not about what race you're in. It's about he's the blessing for everybody. It's not about being a Jew. It doesn't matter. That's what he's talking about there because Paul, Paul was a, a, a racial Jew, but he said it's not about that. It's about believing. It's about having the faith of Abraham. It's about walking. He's the father of us all, and he is our faith father. Amen? Say, he's my faith, my faith father. Say, I've got it. I've got it. So Hebrews eleven eight 8, in the New King James, we'll read that. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which, which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac, Jacob, and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker of God was God. And by faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. She bore a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful, God faithful, who had promised. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars in the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand by which is at the seashore. You ever read that story? You know what the stars have to do with this story or the sand? We're not even going to get into that today. God taught him faith. God God helped him see how many children he'd have. He said, count the stars. Go to the beach, count the sand. Can you count the grains of sand? No. He said, that's how many kids I want you to have. Well, now it's starting to grow in him. But I want to say this. I want to challenge you. When he called when he was called to go out to the place. You know, that's what missionaries do. I've seen young kids feel called to go to Africa or go to Asia, and they know that they're supposed to go to Africa or Asia, and they go and tread on foreign lands, and they go and tread and do certain things. But how about, how about the students that are in college to be a teacher? Huh? Where are they going to teach? I don't know but they're treading out. They're taking the steps. They're taking the steps of faith to get prepared to become a teacher. What school they teach at, they have to believe God to open the door. And that's what Abraham did. It's the same thing. You have been using faith all your life and you haven't recognized it. And you have been living in doubt and and fear all your life too and haven't been recognizing it. But the steps that it takes is you take one step at a time By faith, you take one step at a time. By faith, by faith, and you walk in the things of God one step at a time, and he directs your path. So do you trust him? You can't say, oh, yeah, amen, say, oh, me. Say, I'm working on it. Because you need to learn to trust him. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Because, see, he didn't have any kids at 80. And that's when God started dealing with him. God said, I'm going to give you a son. You're going to be a father uh, of many nations. And after, after a little while, he goes, Lord, what you going to give me? Since i go childless. I mean, it's been 10 years. And God told him this, I am your reward. Can you say, God, you're my reward? Come on, say it again. God, you're my reward. And so I believe you to be my reward. You need to say that. I believe God. To be my reward. A Volvo's not your reward. Walmart's not your reward. God's your reward. Wherever you work's not your reward. God's your reward. So you gotta change your thinking. We're citizens. See, Abraham was looking for a place whose builder and maker was God. By faith, I know heaven's real. I haven't been there. Haven't stepped foot in it. But I know it's there. How about this? I know Jesus is coming back. I've never seen Jesus, but you know what? I'm going to recognize him when he comes. Uh Uh-huh. That's faith. That's faith. So when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed God anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw or what he couldn't do, but on the basis of what God said he would do friend of mine picked up a guy hitchhiking. He was drunk. He started selling, uh, sharing Jesus with him. And the man said, oh, I know the Lord. He can do anything. The Lord is great and mighty. Well, everybody knows God. Even the atheist says, well, if there's a God, he'll be able to do anything because he's God. But where you got to translate God Almighty, the Almighty God wants to live on the inside of you and wants to do things through you. And for you. God's for you. (laughs) If he's against you, where could you hide? If he was going to get you, he had already got you. Because you've done enough for him to get you. But he's not in the getting business. He's in the blessing business. He's not in the getting. He's trying to draw his people to him, to a closer walk, and to teach them faith and how to live. Come on, he's drawing us in closer. The more you know him, Psalm says, the more you know him, the more you trust him. The more you know him, that's why faith comes by hearing. That's why you need faith. That's why you need to hear the word so you can know him, know him, know him, and then trust him, trust him, trust him. And some of you are just, just went through me. Some of you saying, well, I, you know, God had never done anything for me. That's a lie. And God wants to do so much more for you. Can you believe that? Somebody's, you got to bow up. Somebody's got to, to say, okay, I, I'm through living. See, I got sick and tired eating. they picking at me last night. Uh, macaroni and cheese for 29 cents a box and a can of tuna for 39 cents a can. I said, this, this has got to change. You know, I'm trying to work and put my wife through college, and I'm trying to work, and this has got to change. And I began to use faith, F-A-I-T-H. And God began to reveal himself through his word. And man, I had to fight. Well, I don't know if God wants to do that for me. Because who am I? I'm everybody. I'm everything to God. I'm the apple of his eye, and so are you. Amen. God is so big, you can be his favorite, and so can I. That's, right. That's how big our God is. Right. Oh, man, he, increa- he created the universe. He's great and mighty on our behalf. He sent Jesus to die for us. What good thing will he withhold from us? Nothing. So how come we don't have it? We got to change. We have to change and conform uh, and use our faith. So what, what Abraham couldn't do, he believed God could do it through him. You all with me? Okay, we're going to see. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God are yes, are yes, are yes, are yes. Turn around to somebody and say, they're yes. There yes in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. This sitting by, waiting on God to do it, ain't going to happen. It's going to come through you. Amen. So maybe you need to get on your knees and ask God to come through you. He's on the inside of you. Have you asked the Holy Spirit, just come right now. Stir up in me. Get bigger in me, Holy Spirit. Now direct my steps, guide me today, give me wisdom. There's a business plan that I got in my heart and I think from you, How, what's my next step, Holy Spirit? That's another step. He took Abraham to a step to a new country. You ever start a new job? Man, you're on, I don't know these people. I don't know what to do with this job. I don't, I don't know what, I gotta be trained. Man, the word of God will train you for life, for everything that you need. Let's go to number two get your pen ready. Abraham, or we live by faith. Abraham lived by faith and not his own understanding. If you always live by your understanding, you reduce God down to the size of your brain. Right here. Right here. Y'all see this? God's bigger than this, folks. But if he's got to live in your understanding, this is how big he is. Well, I can't do that. I just don't understand how God's going to make that happen. I just don't understand. I mean, Abraham said that. I don't know. I'm too old. And God came and visited him last time and said, you know what? I'm coming back next time this year, and you're going to have a son by Sarah. And Abraham went, uh, uh, you know how old she is? And she went, uh, you know how old he is? Huh? And God said, how come y'all laughing? And Sarah said, I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. He didn't argue with it. He goes, yes, you did. Because understanding will reduce God down to this. You know, the world can't understand God because they're trying to put him in this. They're trying to understand him. They're trying to understand, get some understanding too, so that's all right. So, so if you always live by your understanding, Hebrews 10.35 says, I'm going read it, to read it through 39. And we'll break it down a little bit. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence or faith. Let's just stop right there. I used to play ball a little bit with a bat, and I loved to hit a ball. But you know what? I had to see myself hitting that ball with confidence before I ever hit it. You ever seen, you ever heard of a batter being in a slump? The slump's up here. They don't see themselves hitting anymore. They don't have confidence. I used to tell my daughter to play, I said, you got to have faith in yourself to hit that ball. you got to have confidence. You ever seen a little boy throwing up hitting the ball? You ever seen a boy standing in the free throw line? You know what they're going through? You know what they say? Five seconds left. One point down. i got to make both of them to win the game. Woo! I'm going to make both of them. I'm going to make both of them. And then you know what? When you're doing it like that, you can shoot, you make both of them. You can win on purpose. Huh? You got to win with confidence and you got to trust God. Trusting God is confidence and God can do through you what he said he could do. It's not me. It's God in me. It's God in me. That's our answer. So, so, don't cast away your confidence, which was which has great reward. It's what you've been looking for. Yeah, You want to go to the next level? F-A-I-T-H. You want to increase in your job? F-A-I-T-H. You want a new job? Start F-A-I-T-H. Use it. It's got great rewar- reward. This is the Word of God. I don't make this stuff up. Verse 36, for you need... For you have need of endurance, patience, so that after you have done the will of God. Well, I don't know if I've done the will of God, Pastor. Then put the Word of God in your mouth and start believing God and changing your ways. And when you've done the will of God, see, that's the first thing. Now back up just for a second. You have to endure or have patience and just wait on it. It's coming. We sang about it. The goodness of God's overtaking me. The blessing of God's coming. But, but, well, we'll I'm, getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. Enduring patience so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. The promise is yes to you. How come you don't have it? You haven't put it in your mouth and you haven't believed for it. Okay. <clears throat> okay, I'm trying to help you. I'm not getting on your toes. I'm helping you. For yet a little while after he who is coming will come and not delay. And he shall now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. For we are not those who draw back to destruction or perdition, uh, but to those who believe to the saving of the soul. It's time to draw close. James said draw close and God's waiting on you. He'll draw close. He's watching you, and when you take a step towards Him, He's taking a step towards you. You say, why don't He come all the way? Well, He did. He sent Jesus all the way. And Jesus died on the cross all the way, completely. So now God's waiting on you to come to the cross, come to Him, and come be clean and come start your journey, your faith journey, your life journey with God. Amen? All right, get your pen out. Hebrews 11.1. One. <clears throat> we're going to read it first. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? This is your definition of faith. Now faith is the substance. Don't write it all down because we've we got to write some stuff. So we're going to write this down, but I'm going to tell you how to write it. So here we go. Now faith is the substance. And stop right there. I want you to write that down substance. There's tissues underneath your seat made out of a substance and this and that. So now faith is the substance. Now put in parentheses. You ready to go forward? Put in parentheses, confidence. The substance is confidence. And we're not through. After that, put in parentheses, foundation or underlying. This building's sitting on a foundation. And you see those humps in the wall, that's the steel beams that are coming up and going over. Under those steel beams are footings that are huge. They're huge. And it holds this building up. And this building's metal. It may sway a little bit because it's windy around here. But it doesn't move much. Matter of fact, the foundation doesn't move at all. Okay? We might bend a little bit in the wind, but we're on a firm foundation. So the foundation, the substance, the underlying is a foundation. And and, and listen, we're going to break it down, foundation. And, And here's in parentheses, and this is a tough one to follow. In parentheses, are you ready? Believing. Keep walking away. Believing God to do what? Slash, based on what? There's your foundation. What do you need God to do? What do you need in your life? Everybody has needs. Everybody. Here, you believe in God. What do you need? Now you go back to do what? And here's your foundation. Let me read it one more time. Believing God to do what, slash based on what? Based on this. Abraham didn't have this. I'm holding up a Bible in case you can't see me. Abraham didn't have a Bible. He didn't have any of the scrolls. They, um, Moses wrote the scrolls. Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Abraham didn't have squat, but what God said. And you'd say, well, well, you know, if, if God comes spoke to me like that, nah. When Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, they had miracles every day. And they still fell in the cracks and the crevices and fell away from God. It's not about what's happening outside. It's what's happening in here. It's believing in here. I'm not moved by circumstances or situations. I don't care if it's raining outside. It's going to rain the Spirit of God on the inside of me. It's going to rain the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. And I'm going to believe God's Word on the inside of me. Doesn't matter how ugly it gets out here, because I'm telling you, the world's getting ugly. But the word of God's our foundation. We're going to live by the word and we're going to be blessed. And it'll be no, no woe is me. Doesn't matter if you lose everything. God still got you. Listen, there's a home for us whose builder and maker is God. This home on this earth is squat, doodly squat. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I have a mansion for you. But we hang on to this life like it's all there is. And try to justify ourselves and defend ourselves. God's your defender. God, your peace. God's your joy. God's your strength. So let's finish this scripture right quick. And then back to the scripture of things hoped for. Write that down. But really, believe in God to do what? Based on what? Based on His Word. What He said. The promises. There are 3,000 promises in the Bible for you. 3,000. It covers everything. Of things hoped for, put in parentheses, are expected. What are you expecting? Somebody said a baby. huh? A lady's expecting a baby in and, and three months. She don't look pregnant. Hmm? My wife had seven, eight-pound babies, and she didn't look like she would pregnant until eight nine months. they say, something wrong with you. She'd go crying to the doctor. There ain't nothing wrong. You tell them, shut up. It's the way you carry babies. But you don't walk by sight. It's what you expect. We get from God what we expect God to do. Expectation. It's all powerful. Then the evidence is part of the same scripture. The evidence. Things hoped for, things expected, and the evidence. After the evidence, put in parentheses the conviction of things not seen. I know it's a lot. We're in school here. If you write this down and put it in your phone, you can go back and look at it. The conviction of things not seen. Hook, There goes some air. Y'all see it go by? You can't see air, but you're breathing it. Why can't you trust God whom you've not seen? Huh? Oh, there go some more air. Same in the same air is the Holy Spirit. And the same air is the, the presence of God. And the same air is God's with you. You say, well, you don't know. It's just a simple place where I work. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Come on, you can't out, you can't out get the, no excuse that's gonna counter God. No excuse is gonna trump God. Well, you know, I was I was, I was hurt, you know, that. And I'm bald-headed, you know, and my eyes are brown. There's something wrong with me. No. That's just whining. To be whining. Let's believe God. Let's trust God. Amen. So let me back up the evidence, and then in parentheses, conviction of things not seen. And then, it, it, then you write of things not seen. What does that mean, of things not seen? Let you finish writing. In the sense realm. What you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch. The things of God, faith calls them out before you have them in the sense realm. Before you can see it. Okay, you got saved by not seeing God, not seeing Jesus, but by hearing and the Holy Spirit working on your heart. And you didn't see the words that the preacher spoke. You heard them, but you know what? You didn't see the Holy Spirit, but you sensed him. And he said, you need to give your heart to Jesus. And I remember, I'm like, I need to give my heart to God. I need to give my heart to God. I need to give my heart. And I said, mom, mom, you got to call the preacher. And he came to my house and sat in my backyard and led me to Jesus. And he was working on me, even though I didn't see him. It was what what's going on in the inside of me. I desired to be born again, and I asked somebody come lead me to the Lord. I could have done it on my own if I had known how. You know that's why we pray every Sunday, so you can lead somebody else in the prayer of salvation. You've been, been training there for these some odd nine years now, you know. It's time. And so let, let's finish this scripture because I'm trying to help you and, and, and to get it, get it right based on, on things not seen. And in parentheses, not conformed by the senses. Not conformed by the senses and put a dash and put this. Expecting things that I have no reason to. Our understanding in the natural to believe. Expecting things that I have no reason, our understanding in the natural to believe. As a church, we took uh, people to the movie, uh, what was it? Broken, what was that? The boy fell through the ice and drowned. Breakthrough. And the doctor sit there and watched as they unplugged him at the end of the show. And the doctor said and went to his mama because the boy woke up and breathed on his own. And he said, "I know yesterday. I know this morning his lungs were full of his own blood. I know he was hemorrhaging. I know that there is no way that you could expect or believe or have understanding that any of this would be working any of his lungs that his mind." would come alive. None of this is supposed to be happening right now. But when you hear faith and you hear that God does things, then you can believe. What about Bartimaeus, blind from birth? Jesus is walking by. He has expectation. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I said Jesus, because he has great expectation. Shut up, man! You just a bl- shut up, blind man. Anybody want to hear you? Jesus is giving. He's signing autographs. He ain't got time to talk to you. That's the way it was. They're just crowding all around him. But Jesus heard faith. He heard expectation. He heard that he didn't have any understanding or no reason to believe that his eyes could be open. Jesus. How about Jesus walking on the water? No reason for that. No understanding in that. How about Jesus calming the storm? No understanding in that. Somebody speaking to a storm, a hurricane winds, and they just stop. Hey, hey. What, What it does is we're supposed to increase our faith to believe God. When when the impossible comes knocking, matter of fact, if we're in tune with him, he'll tell us that the impossible's coming. Get ready. Jesus knew the storm was coming when he walked on the water. You know he's walking down he's walking down the road. Everybody's walking with him. And he just there's a guy over here at the pool of Bethesda. He hadn't been on. He's laying on the straw. I, I, I hear faith calling me, and nobody knew where he went. You know what? God wants to take you to the place where you're destroying the works of the devil. That's what Jesus said I have come to destroy the works of the devil. Blindness is the work of the devil. Poverty is the work of the devil. Dying and going to hell is the work of the devil. So we're supposed to be the salt, the light. We're supposed to be a light. We're supposed to have joy, even when we're going through trouble. We're supposed to have the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jesus had trouble. Paul had scars on his back from being beaten and whipped. And if you read Hebrews, he said, y'all, had, y'all, 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 y'all comforted me in my chains. He's writing in chains. And our pencil breaks, and we just, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's in chains. Come on, toughen up, buttercup. It's time to toughen up in the things of God. It's time to believe for the next step and for the greater. And you know what? Maybe, you know, uh, love them, hate them, whatever, but I love Jesse because he said, you know what? God's pushing me to believe for more. And he's getting millions saved every year. More. More. What's God pushing you to do more? You know, you may back up from one area, but to pursue another. See, Abraham walked, and everywhere he walked, that's what his children, that's you know where he's walking? He, he walked to Egypt, y'all. That belongs to Israel. And they fighting over, well, you know, the Palestinians. Palestinians were not a people then. Abraham owned it all. The Israelites owned it all. And disobedience, they lost it all. But we're not ones who pull back, are we? I just read that. Let's finish this. Let me write and say it again. If you've already written it, in parentheses, not conformed by the senses, expecting things that I have no reason or understanding in the natural to believe. And then it goes on and say that by faith the elders obtain a good report. Listen to me. God wants you to start believing for things. Yes. Believe for greater. Well, what if it don't work? Well, it's not on you anyway. It's on God. Do you know Jesus couldn't heal people? In his own hometown, he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. It's not always on you. It's on other people to believe as well. It's on us to believe with all our heart to believe. Did you know that when Peter and and, and John walked into the temple, there sat the man who'd been crippled there for how many years? Anybody remember? Anybody remember? Thirty-some-odd years? Do you know Jesus walked by him? Jesus walked by him. Jesus walked by him. And Jesus walked by him. And Jesus walked by him. But Jesus didn't address him. But you know what? Bartimaeus, all kinds of people got Jesus' attention. Why? Because of their faith. If it's your will, you can heal me. He said, it's I will. It's my will. Put that to rest. Well, I don't know if it's God's will. That's a lie of the devil. It's God's will. Now, listen, Christian, Christian, we're going to heaven, win or lose. We don't lose. We win. We win. Even if I die tomorrow for, you know, uh, uh, not paying attention and crash my car and, and die, I'm going to heaven. Do you know that you can be taken out but not be paying attention? Not by paying, you know. There, there's The devil, the easiest thing to do is die. But we need to fight to live, amen? amen? And it's not anything on any of us to beat ourselves up about. Let's go to number three. Abraham trusted God and God's way. The ways of God, y'all, we have got to step into the ways of God. You've been doing it your way your whole life, and every now and then you invite God in, but God wants everything. We segment. God's here. God's at church. Work over here. Cuss a little bit with them. Uh, Okay, just just calling it out. You know, we're at work, and God's not, not at work, but God's at work. God, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, it's like, we went fishing, and the boys, a sailor, the, he was a sailor. He was cussing like a sailor, and everybody's looking at me, the preacher, like I'm gonna be offended. Ain't be. I ain't saying it. But my point is, is God's with us always, and we need to learn to start operating in His ways, and we need to trust Him in every way. In the message in Romans 13 through 15, I'm sorry, Romans 4 13 through 15, in the message. We're going to read a little bit, and I want you to pay attention to this. The famous promise God gave Abraham, that he and his children would possess the earth, and I'm one of his children, come on now, was not given because of something Abraham did or would do. It was based on God's decision to put everything together for him, which Abraham then entered into when he believed. Okay, if God's put it together, what we got to do is believe. How hard is that? Well, we make it, well, I got to live right. I got to do this. I ain't got time to go into it. But when you start believing God, you're going to live right. I got scripture for it. Because Abraham believed it was accounted to him for righteousness. When you start believing God, your life cleans up. Start trusting him. Start believing him. Let's get through this. was not given because of something Abraham did or would do. It was based on God's decision, to put everything together for him, which Abraham, when entered, uh, excuse me, which Abraham then entered when he believed. If those who get what God gives them only get it by doing everything that they are told to do by filling out the right forms properly signed and eliminates personal trust. It's faith. So when you're, when you're doing it by your works, it's works. It's not trust. You can't get to heaven by works. You get to heaven by believing. And when you believe, then your life changes. When you truly believe, you'll live right. Because you'll want to please God. You want to please God. And so look, look. A to do and, and filling out all the right forms properly signed, that il- eliminates personal trust completely and turns the promise into an ironclad cl- contract. He's getting on to the to the Hebrews here. That's not a holy promise. That's a business deal. Man, that's flesh. And that that you know what? When it's a business deal, it may be good, it may not be good. But God's good. A contract drawn up by a hard nosed lawyer and with plenty of fine print to make that only make sure that you will never be able to collect. Uh, uh, That's the devil. Let's go to the next scripture, verse 16. But if there's no contract in the first place, simply a promise and God's promise at that, you can't break it. Now, hold on. Let's talk about God's promise just for a second. Do you know God cut a a covenant with Abraham? See, Abraham's first. Do you know God cut a covenant with Jesus at Calvary? This right here was God's covenant with Jesus. We get in on it. They did the work. We have to believe it. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, Amen. that's how you get it. Yeah. Now, when God cut a covenant with Abraham, he said, I want you cut those animals down the middle. And what they did is you walk barefooted through the guts and stuff so you don't forget it. Amen. But Abraham went to sleep. God put him to sleep to keep him out of the way. And he woke up and he saw two objects going through the animals. And that was God and Jesus. Come on. They did it. And Abraham just gets, we get in on it. God knew we were weak. But in our weakness, he makes us strong. Paul said, man, in my weakness, I'm an overcomer. God's grace is sufficient. Because he's paid the price for it. Let's, let's try to land this airplane. In verse 16 this is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God in his way and then simply embracing him and what he does. God's promises arrives a promise arrives as a pure gift. That's the only way anyone or everyone can be sure to get in on it. Those who keep the religious tradition and those who, have never heard of them. For Abraham is father of us all. He is not our racial father. That's reading the story backwards. He's our faith father. You get in on this by faith. Look at somebody say, it's by faith. It's by trusting God. So what is it that you need? Let's keep reading. I want to read a little more. 17, 18. So we call Abraham father, not because... He's, he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named Father and then became a father because he dared, bounce it down there, we go, to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life, with a word make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, now his name was Abram, which means father. And God changed his name to Abraham, father of many. He's our father. Now that's the message Pretty cool read in the message, like a story, like that. We're going back to New King James for the last two. And I want you to pay attention. And look, it says you're going to have a big, big family. We're in the family of God. So in the New King James in verse 19, let's break it down. And not being weak in faith. This is Abraham. Not being weak in faith. Y'all, if you read the story, he was weak in faith at times. But God didn't pay attention to that. And we beat ourselves up because we're in doubt, doubt, doubt. Paul, put your boot on doubt. He did not consider his own body already dead because he was about 100 years old or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider the circumstances. He didn't walk by sight of what he could see. Look at the next verse. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. How was he strengthened? God said, count the stars, that's your children. Count the sand, that's your children. And God blessed him in other areas to prove that God was God. So in 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able to perform. Are you convinced? If you're not convinced, then you need to get in the, the Scripture and find the promises that fit your problem. If you're having issues with your body, then go after the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. There's a curse in the earth. Did you know that? There's a curse in the earth. And you're, Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. You've got to enforce it. You've got to enforce that Jesus died for you to be free from the curse. Okay, it's all right. If you have sin. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. You have to confess your sins. You're enforcing that Jesus has forgiven you of your sins. Isn't that easy? But when I find sickness, what do I do? Body, you got to line up. Galatians 3.13 declares that you bore my sickness, and infer- that you redeem me from the curse. Sickness is a curse. It's not a blessing. Do you know religious people have turned sickness into a blessing? Well, the Lord's trying to teach you something. Right here, he tried to teach you something. This is where he teaches you something, and in here. He might tell you, quit eating that possum if it makes you sick. <laughs> Come on. He'll tell you, no, don't eat that. Don't do that. You got to obey him. You can't eat ice cream all day. And My grandson ran in there and they made some cookies. and Where would you get? Yeah, it's your fourth cookie, boy. And he'll go, sugar, anything good for you? Can't control his flesh, but we can control our flesh. Tell me you can't stop. I used to tell the youth, you don't wet your pants. You're not wearing a diaper. You can do things. You can control your flesh, and you can, and God will help you control your flesh. And You don't have to be a mean. You don't have to be a bully. You don't have to be grippy. You don't have to get up on the wrong side of the bed. Get back in bed and get up on the right side on purpose. Where are we at? Verse 21, verse 22. Therefore, it was accounted unto him for righteousness because he believed he had right standing with God, because he trusted God. Look at verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Verse 24, it was also for us. So while we're talking about him today, It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus from the dead. Everything that Abraham walked in, we we have a right to walk in it. It doesn't matter if you're you're up and down like James says. You're you're tossed to and fro, doubt and unbelief and believe and pray, and then I don't know what I'm going to do. God can level you out. You just need to recognize that you're tossing to and fro. I'm not trying to beat anybody up because everybody deals with doubt and unbelief. Level out and say, I'm trusting God. Say it with me. I'm trusting God. I want to believe him. So Abraham called him out to new steps, new places. Is there a business you want to start? You better prepare. It just don't happen because you got an idea. You got to take the steps. Abraham took the steps. Are you a person of faith? Take some steps. Abraham uh, rescued Lot. There's some people you need to be standing in the gap for. You need to be using your faith. James said you can ask God to forgive them of their sins. What? Yeah. So God would draw close to them. Standing in the gap. Remember what I said, intercede? It means introduce. I want to introduce God to some people. Then he received a child of promise, Isaac, who had Jacob and Esau. Or Esau and Jacob. Jacob. You see, all of these are the lineage of Jesus. Adam, Seth, down to Noah, down to Shem as his son, all the way down to Abraham, to Jesus. But guess what? When I stepped into faith, I stepped into the family of Abraham. Amen. So have you. You have that faith. You know, I I didn't deal with it, but I'm going to take just two minutes. You know, God asked for Abraham. He asked for that child of promise, Isaac. I need you to take him up on the mountain, and I need you to sacrifice him. Because remember, he's first. And this is the covenant that he made with man. And so God was blocked out. God was blocked out of the earth, but he found somebody that would trust him in Abraham. And you know what mountain that he took him on? It's kind of a little bit of a little bit of a argument, historical argument. Some say it was the Temple Mount. But some say it was Mount Calvary. That's where I think it was, because God does everything in order. And he took him up on the mountain and he said, "I need you to sacrifice your son," and him and they both built an altar. And God and Jesus built an altar. And Jesus said, I submit to your will, not my will, but your be done. And Isaac said, I'm building an altar. And he said, turn around, let me tie your hands. And he laid him on the altar. But Abraham had a vision that he saw his son being raised from the dead. It didn't matter. God, the one that gave him to him, God could raise him from the dead. God's a miracle working God for Abraham. And he took the knife out and he reared it up and the angel stopped him. and said, nope, nope, there's a ram in the bush over there. And they sacrificed that, but he as much as did it. And that allowed God to put Jesus on the cross for all mankind, so that the covenant between God and Jesus would bless all men. Amen? So if you're here today and you have never entered into that covenant with God and Jesus, where Jesus died on the cross for your sins, will you accept him today? Will you accept him today as Lord and Savior? Do you need to look at your heart? That's why I ask you to close your eyes, look at your heart. But you can look at me. Just wave at me and say, I need to to accept Jesus, Pastor. Anybody. You know what? The Bible, we talked about it. The Bible says that the angels rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Maybe you haven't been living for God. Maybe you need to come closer. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to stir your faith up because you have it. How about this? Maybe God stirred you that there's some steps you got to take in faith, maybe for a new job, maybe for a business. Is that you? (coughs) I see those hands. You know, it's time. I'm believing God. We're going to pray over you. God's going to give you boldness. God's going to give you faith. You have faith, but He's gonna help you develop it. How about courage? It takes courage to step in places you've never been before. Let's all pray together. Say this, say, Father, I believe that God made a way for me in Jesus. And today, I use my faith to believe God for the greater, for the more, for the impossible, more than i can have can ever see or imagine because that's what your word says father stir in my heart faith as i read your word let it grow in jesus name amen so we take the word of god and we work our bicep right here i'm blessed coming in and blessed going out fruit of my body my children are blessed I'm the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. Come on. Even when you don't feel like it, I'm blessed. Huh? God directs my steps today. Every day he directs my steps into a blessing. His blessings overcome me and overtake me. Huh? It's a a, a lifestyle. It's the way God wants you to live. You're his children. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.